This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It is Tuesday, August 10th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Lance Glenn. I hope everyone has had a good week so far and enjoyed our discussion yesterday as Trey spoke with Tim Fitzgerald of 24-7 Sports Kansas State site, gopowercat.com. Before we start, I want to remind everyone that if you like what you hear, make sure to drop us a five-star rating and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love to see your comments and are so thankful for any feedback if you want us to cover a topic we haven't already, or if we haven't hit your favorite team yet as we preview all the Power 5 schools and some group of five as well this offseason on the College Football Daily. Of course, if we have already covered your favorite team and you missed it or want to listen back, don't worry, we have all the episodes for you. Just go to Spotify, search for the playlist across the country with the College Football Daily, and listen as we preview your favorite program. We are coming close to reaching our goal of hitting every Power 5 school as we only have 10 left. We have already hit 55 of the 65 programs, and we'll add to that total today as we preview Virginia. Joining me now to talk about Brocco Mendenhall's Cavaliers is the publisher of the 24-7 Sports Wahoos 247 site, Jackie Franchuli. Jackie, thanks so much for coming on today. I really appreciate you giving me some time. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. It's, it's nice being back in Charlottesville covering UVA. Yes. And, you know, I'm sure I'm not the first one, but you are the new publisher of that Wahoos 247 site. So uh, I guess welcome to the 24-7 family. I know I've already started reading the Wahoos 247 page and I'm loving the content that you put out. So if you haven't looked at it and you're listening to this podcast and are interested in Virginia, make sure to go check that out. So I want to start by reading you a quote from Brennan Armstrong, uh, the quarterback earlier this season, speaking about the offense as a whole compared to the rest of the ACC. He said, if we can get everything rolling with our receiving core, with our tight ends, our running backs, our offensive line, we honestly could be at the very top. And he obviously speaking about being at the top of the ACC. Could this come to fruition? I mean, you know, some pretty high powered offenses like Clemson, Miami, North Carolina, and the ACC. Do you think this Virginia offense could actually be better than them all? You know, does it have the talent and I guess the build to, you know, fulfill Brennan Armstrong's quote and be at the top? No, it's it's funny because he's not the only one to say that in the last few months. Bronco Mendenhall almost said the exact same thing in the AC on the SC network, probably around May, saying that this is probably going to be one of the best offenses he's coached since he's been in Charlottesville. And, you know, some offensive linemen from UVA have also said that this offense could potentially be one of the most explosive they've seen at Charlottesville since their time there. And then wide receivers coach Marquise Hagans today said that if everything goes to plan, if the offense does everything that they should, the wide receivers perform to their capabilities, Brennan Armstrong could have one of the best seasons. And he even went on to say that Armstrong could be a one of the best quarterbacks in program history and saying he could have a special career and a special season. I've never seen UVA be so optimistic like this. This is the Mendenhall and his coaching staff aren't known for being this, I don't want to say candid, but for, for being this optimistic, for kind of blowing smoke, they're usually very reserved. So 
Why are they saying this? Well, frankly, it's because they return a starter under center with Brennan Armstrong, and they also return a number of good, talented, experienced members of that offense, not to mention an experienced offensive line. And you know, you win a lot of games by the trenches. So having that O-line there who has worked with Brennan Armstrong already, that is huge. And then you add a couple of talented wide receivers and transfer like Jelani Woods, a very talented six foot seven, 235 pound type end. And as you know, I came from covering the Florida Gators. I know what a mismatch nightmare is and the tight end can really <laughs> cause problems in the SEC. Yeah, for Not sure. comparing him to Kyle Pitts, but I'm just saying a, a tight end that can go up in the air and catch the ball in the end zone is what UVA missed last year. So that's going to be a huge get for them in the, in the offense. Can they be the best in the ACC? That's a different question. I, I think they're going to be good. Now, that, this is one of the biggest questions I have for UVA because right now, if I was a you know opposing team, I would just force UVA to throw. That's how you beat UVA. You forced them to go in the air. Brennan Armstrong is a great dual threat quarterback. He led them in the ground last year, but their running game wasn't really good or consistent when it came to their running backs. This year, that's what they want to change. Now, they brought in some transfers, and I think Wayne Telepapa will be a little bit better. I just don't know if he's that explosive running back that they need, but I think their running game, running game could improve with that O-line experience. And I think, you know, we talked about this throughout the whole year as far as what 2020 did to teams. A lot of these teams who were starting new quarterbacks under center like UVA didn't have that spring, didn't have those workouts together to kind of cement that chemistry. And actually I asked Higgins today how different it is coming into this fall camp having that underneath their belt. And he said that they're able to establish that rapport and that chemistry between the quarterback and the wide receivers. So when you look at UVA, you think, wow, they have super seniors. A lot of them are coming back for one more year because of the NCAA eligibility rules due to COVID. They have talent. They have depth. If they stay healthy, that could be interesting. Now, if you look at their schedule, there are some games that could be 50-50. And I know we're going to talk about that a little bit later. So I can see UVA being very prolific in the air. Now, can they match down the other side of the ball so that they're successful throughout the season? Now, that's another question. If Brandon Armstrong could take that next step, if the running backs as a whole could take that next step, then yeah, you could see them potentially in the same sentence as a DJ Uyangalele-led uh, Clemson offense, a De'Ara King-led Miami uh, offense, and a Sam Howell led North Carolina offense, but on to Brennan Armstrong, right? He now has to compete just in the coastal division with Sam Howell, D.R. King, as I mentioned, Kenny Pickett, Jeff Sims, uh, Braxton Burmeister. Um, I believe Duke is still figuring out their quarterback position, but in your opinion, where does he rank among those other five? You know, is he in that top tier with let's say Howell and King, or is he, I guess, kind of in that best of the rest, you know, where does he stand in the QB hierarchy? I think right now he's the best of the rest right now. Now, the only reason why I'm not saying he's a little higher or right now, I need to see more of him. Last year he had, you know, and he had a number of picks. I believe it was 11 at the end of the season. And when you look back at tape, you want to say some of them were bad throws, some of them were bad decisions, but then some of them you're thinking, was that the wide receiver running the wrong route? Was that a miscommunication between, you know, the wide receiver and the offense between Armstrong and his wide receiver? And again, that goes back to my point earlier that they couldn't build that chemistry together and they couldn't develop as a team in the offense because they didn't have that spring. They also didn't have those workouts. You know, coaches can't coach them in between the spring and fall, but players can go out and catch balls together. And they also can look over film together from what they did in spring. Now, you know, I know I covered Gators before and Dan Mullen used to say that the 
best time for quarterback to develop is between spring and fall. They didn't have that. Brendan Armstrong did not have that last year. He had that this year, and he's going to have a lot of wide receivers that he's already played with. So I think he has a lot of a lot of ceiling. I think he's going to have some improvement, and I think he's going to be better. Is he better than Derek King and Sam Howell? I'm not sure yet, but I think he has the potential. I think people are sleeping on UVA a little bit, especially on the offense. I think on paper, this could be a really exciting year in Charlottesville. But obviously, you know that on paper, you don't win games. So it's about going out there and seeing how far they've developed. But I think he could, this could be a very special season in Charlotte. So I can understand why UVA fans are very excited um, about this team. So I want to switch over to the defense now. And one of the weaknesses of 2020 was that pass defense. How was it addressed this past offseason? Because again, as I mentioned, it was a weakness last season. You know, they, I think it was a game against maybe Boston College or another ACC team where they gave up 500 plus passing yards. I think they ended up winning the game, but it was, you know, a clear burden that obviously other parts of the defense and just other parts of the team overall had to carry. Has Brocko Mendenhall mentioned the need for improvement there? And how has he gone about trying to change it from obviously a weakness last year now to a strength? You know, I remember covering uh, the Orange Bowl between Virginia and Florida, and I I was talking to a few of the beat writers just to understand where UVA was coming from. And they had the same thing always, like, they're just so hurt in the secondary. And that carried on last year, too. So I think Brock Mendenhall and his staff realized they needed better depth. And he went out and he, you know, went to the portal. How many times do we hear this now that, you know, coaches realize they need to build depth quickly and they go to a transfer portal? And he brought two transfers in. Louisville transfer Anthony Johnson and also Josh Hayes from North Dakota State. So they're adding depth to that that position, those positions, but they also bring Joey Blount back. So they do have, you know, a guy who has experience and talent returning as well. And someone, you know, that didn't couldn't play last year a lot of the games because he was hurt. Now, obviously, you you can't rely on one or two individuals. So by Bronco Mendenhall already going out there in transfer portal and bringing new faces in and new bodies, that is certainly going to help. You know, when you look at stats from last year, it's unbelievable. I believe they're the only ACC team to allow 300 passing yards per game. And, you know, we were talking about how great the offense can look and how we're thinking about Brendan Armstrong, if he was going to be, you know, better, if he's going to have better ball security, he's not going to throw as many picks. But when you're an offense who's coming from behind or in your offense that feels like their defense is letting you down, you're going to make mistakes because you always feel like you're playing from behind. So you're going to make that throw that may be ill-advised because you're trying to force the win. So in order the offense to get better, the defense needs to get better. So it it, it goes hand in hand, but they return a lot of experience. You know, six-year senior Nick Grant, uh, fifth-year senior Darius Bratton. So I think when you look at that secondary, you should be a little optimistic, but with anything, again, it's all on paper. They have experience on paper. They need to translate that onto the field. And so far we have not seen that. So the new faces are going to bring some competition. And I actually asked Mendenhall after the first practice what he's seen from these secondary guys. And what he said is like, it's too early to tell, but he has noticed that the other guys in the secondary that were there prior to those arrivals are now playing harder. You know what happens when you have competition? You want to win that competition when you're spot. So that's going to inspire some other guys to kind of get better as well. So I like the optimism there, but I have more question marks in the secondary than I do than the offense with, you know, their wideouts and their running game. I have more questions in the secondary because then you also have in the linebacker room, you're also trying to to replace some big seniors. So you have a lot of moving parts. Yes, you have experience returning in that defense, 
when you have a lot of questions on that defense, I'm more worried about that side of the ball than I am on the offense. Look, let me tell you, if I want an optimistic coaching staff going into the 2021 season, I want Virginia's coaching staff because everything you've been telling me is optimism, 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 whether it's on the offensive side of the ball. And I'm honestly (laughs) really shocked. You know, I covered UVA under Mike London and they were Mm -hmm. pretty optimistic generally, but I've heard a lot about Bronco Mendenhall, who's not really optimistic or not really optimistic, but he's, he's not going to blow smoke at you. Mm -hmm. And I I think even when you hear him, he's not saying that we're going to win, we're going to win, we're going to do this, but. He's, you know, Coach Higgins and um, Bronco Mendenhall were really optimistic when it comes to the offense. Now, when it comes to the defense, their wording is a little different. Obviously, yeah. I'm not asking Higgins about the defense, but for Mendenhall, he's a little more calm and reserved mm-hmm. than asking for the defense. But for him to come out and say that this is going to be one of the best offenses that he's coaching Charlotte, so if they all lived up to potential, I can see that offense. Yeah. I'm not sure about the defense yet. So, Jackie, a few more before I let you go. On Brocco Mendenhall, he's done a really good job as he now enters year six in Charlottesville. Only one season with a losing record in the regular season. He did go six and seven in 2017, but that was obviously with the bowl loss included. He's 22 and 15 over the last three seasons. Last year was five and five, but look, all the circumstances leave it with sort of an asterisk next to it. Is there any pressure on him though to recover in 2021 and get back to that eight, nine win total that he reached prior seasons? Obviously he's not on the hot seat. You know, he's not in danger of getting fired if he goes six and six or five and seven, whatever it might be. But look, obviously nobody wants two straight years of a dip in wins from the years before. So is there any kind of pressure on him to right the ship and get Virginia back to what they were in 2018 and 2019? I think if you ask Mendenhall, he'll say he has pressure on himself to get better and go back. He doesn't want to go backwards. And he said that, you know, he, and that's the reason why a lot of these seniors are coming back for the extra year. They're calling him super senior. So eight of them have decided to stay at UVA for an extra year of eligibility. And he said that this is the first time that they're not improving. That was big for this program. You know, again, they went through Al Grow, Mike London, and it didn't weren't growing every year. And there here comes Bronco Mendenhall, and they were getting better every year. And then they culminated in that Florida uh, Orange Bowl. You know, they went to Miami and played Florida, and they competed pretty well against the Gators um, when people were pretty much brushing them aside. So last year was a letdown. But like you said, last year's season is always going to have an asterisk by it. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, they were come, they were breaking in a new quarterback under Senna as a starter. They were trying to cement chemistry in that offense. They they lost out a number of guys in the wide receiver. They has Hassis Dubois was gone. Joe Reed was gone from that game in the Orange Bowl. So they had a lot of big names who left between the 2019 season and 2020 season. I know this is an excuse in some way, but I'm going to excuse some of the things at UVA just by watching some film from last year. Some of the stuff seems like they just didn't have that enough time to kind of get that chemistry together. A lot of the mistakes were miscommunication. A lot of the mistakes were things they're like, man, if they had spring game, some of those things would have probably cleared up. When you look at teams like UVA and teams like Duke, they sometimes get those three stars, two star athletes, or even, you know, low four star or unrated kids. And that time in spring to fall are so important for those players. Teams that are not named Alabama, Clemson, or Florida aren't going to recruit guys that are going to be instant impact players most of the time. They're going to recruit guys that need development. And when you take away those months of development, they're not going to perform as well as you thought they're going to be when they're going to conference games. So I don't think Mendenhall has pressure from, let's say, administration at all to perform. I think fans would like them to perform well. I think fans always put pressure on their coaches. And I think they want to do them do better on the recruiting trail. I think those are things that I think fans are, expe- are expecting more of. 
But I think as far as on the field, I think if they show improvement and development, I think they're going to be fine. And honestly, I think they're going to do better than last year regardless. So, but yeah, I think there is some pressure, but I think if people kind of look at what happened in 2020 season and see all the stuff that they've had to deal with and teams around the country had to deal with, I don't think he feels that much as pressure as he could have if last year was a normal season. So Jackie, last one from me. And I think you mentioned before you cover this man who's now coaching William and Mary, Mike London coming to Charlottesville, as I said, coaching William and Mary, uh, the first game against Virginia, I believe it's September 4th, if I'm correct, is yeah. that first game. Have you kind of set your expectations for this team in 2021? You know, what are you kind of expecting, you know, like I said, from the who's this coming season? Yeah, this, this schedule for UVA is a bear. It's unfortunate that, you know, most of their ACC games in the beginning of the season are on the road, you know, facing Miami on the road for a weeknight game and then facing UNC on the road as well. It's a tough start to the season. I I think this 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 schedule can either make it into a nine win season for UVA. I can honestly see them winning nine games, but then I can see them, you know, winning only six games. It's how quickly they come out of the gates comfortable on that offense and how quickly that secondary can get their stuff together. You know, when I look at a game at Miami and look at a game at UNC, I can see them beating one of those teams. You know, UNC is a team that we're, you know, thinking could win the ACC Coastal, but Bronco Mendenhall and the Cavaliers have done a really good job playing the Tar Heels in recent years. There's just some teams that, you know, I've covered college football for a while that just seems to be the other team's Achilles heel. And it seems like uh, UVA is the Tar Heels. So, I can see UVA doing that where they can go into one of these games and prove people wrong and beat them. I could even see them doing that when they're hosting Notre Dame. I still remember a few years ago um, when Notre Dame came to Charlottesville and UVA was so close. I mean, there's a there's a meme out there of a UVA fan so disappointed <laughs> with the Notre Dame touchdown. So UVA has a tradition of sometimes playing so well that they're so close to beating those teams that they shouldn't. And I think they should be one of these teams, UNC Miami. I think the matchups are there for them to take. It's just they're early on in the season. So you're hoping, well, Bronco Mendenhall is hoping that they're able to develop the players a little bit better. So when I look at the season, I see a lot of games that are going to be close. I see games against UNC that are going to be close. I see Virginia Tech going close. I see Louisville going close. Sometimes I, I think right now I can see UVA edging some of those games. So it'll be as each week goes by. And if this UVA team continues to go well, I can see them competing for the ACC Coastal. So it'll be, um, it'll be very interesting to see how far this team can go because I agree with Bronco Mendenhall and Marquise Hagan. On paper, this offense should be very good. On defense, there's still questions. Well, definitely some optimism going into the 2020 season for the Cavaliers. You can follow her on Twitter at Jackie Fran underscore and make sure to check out everything Virginia Cavaliers at wahoos247.com. Jackie, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Remember that if you like what you hear, make sure to drop us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think. If you have any questions or any ideas for a topic, or if you haven't heard your favorite team yet. For Jackie Franchuli, my name is Lance Glenn. We will be back with you tomorrow for the next episode of the College Football Day. Streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.